0: Hey, And welcome to the strategy sessions. Thank you for joining me today. And today my guest is Kelly Cambry. Kelly, how are you doing?
1: I am doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: So first of all, your listeners, um, or my listeners in the UK and Ireland are probably thinking that's not a local accent. So where's your (laughs) accent from? Where, Where are you based at the minute?
1: Yeah, so based in New York City.
0: Excellent stuff. So um, welcome from New York City. Now tell us a little bit about yourself. You mm-hmm. are in the, you've got an amazing resume, um, an amazing yeah. uh, product at the moment. So we're going to start at the beginning and we're going to work backwards through your career and then we'll probably end up coming back to the beginning anyway, but but let's start where. you. So wh- where is it you work at the minute? Oh, where is it that you run? I should say at the minute.
1: Hi there. I'm Kelly Cambry, the co-founder of Blue Studios. Um, we basically take content, crypto, and community to help onboard the 2 billion Gen Alpha and their families into Web3. And we're doing that with a family-friendly crypto wallet. And a little bit about me. So my background is in fintech and computer science. I'm a technical founder. Um, started my career out in Discover Card and consumer card acquisition. I was assistant vice president of digital and product manager for companies like American Express and JP Morgan. Um, But, you know, for like most entrepreneurs, um, you know, I was at a crossroads. I was on track to become senior VP at JP Morgan. And for me, you know, I was at a crossroads and, you know, corporate was great, but, you know, I wanted to do my small part in changing the world by creating a fintech company. Um, And also, I don't know if I mentioned this one fact I am a third generation entrepreneur. Um, so my parents, um, and grandparents on both sides, uh, you know, are entrepreneurs or we entrepreneurs and, uh, I grew up in a makerspace. Um, so I grew up in a super hands-on learning environment. It was a production studio and marketing agency. Um, so there was tons going on all day and I just like absorbed all those learnings and it was such a great, um, childhood experience for me. And it was in this environment where I learned how to code, taught myself graphic design and, you know, just how to be a lifelong learner. So um, that's a little bit about me and what we're doing at Blue Studios.
0: Excellent. Well, look, we're going to unpack everything you've said there over the next 45, 50 minutes. So let's start, as I said, let's start at the beginning because NFTs, crypto, Web3, there's a lot of discussion. It's kind of a real hot topic now in in marketing, but not just in marketing, kind of just in general life and discussion. So but there's a lot of misunderstandings about it. There's a lot of people, including me, got to be honest, who don't really understand all the different terms and what they mean. So your product's for uh, a younger audience as well. So you must be really slick at explaining what all this means in terms that children (laughs) can understand. So let's go with that. Let's start there.
1: Yeah. So, you know, basically, um, unfortunately, Um, You know, crypto, Web3, NFTs are kind of getting a bad rap in the media because it's easier. It's more fun to talk about bad things, right, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) than good things, but good news doesn't spread as fast as bad news. Um, But, you know, one of the things um, that we believe and we are seeing and in the space and you've just even seen um, over the course of the pandemic um, that there is a rapid adoption of crypto um, increasing at a rate faster than the adoption of the Internet. And it's really, um, you know, why we do what we do at Blue Studios is that it's our thesis that every contract from a house, insurance, identity, um, digital ownership will be on the blockchain. And for us, um, you know, we do target younger folks but we really see ourselves as targeting like the family unit with the millennial parent at the center, and just giving an opportunity for every family to have the most accessible way to manage their digital assets. And that's exactly why we're building a family wallet and why we've focused before completing the wallet on building the audience, right? So we have thousands of parents that we speak to every day, um, that we connect them with each other to help them through this new phase of the internet and figuring out how to bring their family along on the journey.
0: So there's, there's two things in there. You've got your product, which is a, a family wallet, and it's about making mm-hmm. crypto accessible effectively. Because I, I saw a stat once, I was at a conference recently, Digital DNA, where they somebody was speaking about crypto and said well, only about 1% of the world's population has uh, holds any crypto. Now, I, I can't stand by that stat, but it feels mm-hmm. about right. So there's a huge market there, but there's a lot of people where the barriers to entry to this is just so high. They don't know how they're worried. They've, they've heard all the negativity. So you're trying to yeah. make it accessible, safe, and secure for families. That, that's the kind of the main thrust of the product, right?
1: Exactly. And, you know, we start um, with content, honestly. We have family-friendly, fun, high-end 3D animated content. That helps um kids and families like honestly learn together and also earn eth and other crypto rewards every single day um and the way that we really see this crypto uh, movement is that hey we're building um this product in this community where the puck is going not where the puck currently is i mean bitcoin has been around for 15 years Mm -hmm. um nfts have been around for five years and you know, I saw a stat somewhere that said, you know, 83% of millennial millionaires own crypto and, you know, more than half of their portfolio is in crypto. Um, and, you know, and the same goes for most you know average millennials as well. A big part of millennial wealth will be in crypto and is in crypto assets. Um, I even saw somewhere that NFTs made more than the film industry last month. <laughs> <laughs> they grossed more, uh, which is insane, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, I say I say this I say all of this to say that you know, Web three is not a new thing um, that's just started, and there's a huge white space in this area, and we're really aggressively um, filling it by being a trusted place for families to hang out in the Web three space.
0: Yeah, and, and you've. We'll kind of get into your your history as well as we go through, but you've worked in in financial services a a lot of your career. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with one or two financial services clients over my marketing career. And the big Mm -hmm. thing that they all major on, as far as I can see, is Mm -hmm. trust. You know, if that makes them a little bit boring, that's fine because you Mm -hmm. trust them. If that makes them a little bit risk averse, that's fine because you trust them. (laughs) If they don't have trust, they don't have a product. Excuse me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> But in the crypto space, because of all this bad news that's going around, there's also this mm-hmm. concern about how do you keep that trust in there? And I think what you're building or what you're talking about building is about trying to build that trust element to what you're offering.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I think of most folks when it comes to fintech, especially um, in crypto, um, you know, there's not enough consumerization of it just yet. Um You know, most take a kind of, hey, I'm going to build this cool app and, you know, folks will come. And but, you know, that's not going to scale. Um, At the end of the day, um, the family unit is the basic unit of wealth generation and digital asset management. And you're going to have to find ways to get into the lives of families, um, which we've been doing. And, you know, with my background in FinTech, you know, um, I knew that we needed an audience first approach um, to build that trust and do it in like a very cost effective way as well. Um, and that's something that I think if you haven't been in the space or just getting into thinking of yourself as a larger, like a larger fintech play, you're not going to figure that out until it's too late. Uh, but content and, um, content marketing, content sponsorship is something that's really big in financial services. Cause like you said, you have to build trust. So we've already built that engine, um, for ourselves.
0: I love it. And so tell us a bit more. I I mean, to my mind, it's a publishing house that you've built. Now, whether you call it Mm -hmm. that or not, I don't know, but you've built your own publishing house. Now, I can see lots of benefits of that. It takes time and Mm -hmm. it's costly, but your product in many ways, and I'm not trying to be critical of your product, but your product is not overly unique, is it? Maybe the way you've put a few things together, but that's quite easy to copy for somebody with the technical skills. But years of investment in a great product and a publishing house, that's really difficult Mm -hmm. to copy. Even with economies of scale, you can't copy that.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that we really see as our moat. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, there are going to be wallets that come out with different features and functionality. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that audience first and you don't have that trust um, and, you know, at the end of the day, parents talk to each other. It's, it's a big word of mouth industry as well. Um, you're, you're going to always have to pay, play catch up. And so that's one of the reasons why, given my background and experience and understanding how hard it is to acquire customers in FinTech. Um, that's why FinTech you know, in, you know, banking and a, a bunch of other services, they offer you so much up front, like $500, just open a bank account, $1,000, mm-hmm. et cetera, because they know how expensive it is <laughs> to get you to switch over to them. And the fact that um, we already have that in place um, definitely puts us light years ahead. And like you said, it's hard for folks to catch up.
0: Definitely. I mean, is this... Is this a worry of yours, or do you look forward to the day when all the big players, like some of the places you used to work and just the normal high street financial institutions, do you look forward to the day when they wake up to this and go, We need to catch up in that space? Or are you just kind of quietly tiptoeing along, going, I hope they never work out what opportunity they're missing?
1: (laughs) You know, I definitely see us, um, you know, I think for. Major financial institutions, it's a little bit difficult for them to fully go into DeFi um, because they do have, you know, stockholders and public markets. They have a lot of risk and exposure. Um, But what I do see is an opportunity for us to work with big financial institutions in the future um, to help package. Decentralized products and wealth building products for families, and um, be that a uh, tool for them to you know sell and upsell to their current base. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do see ourselves being able to work with those financial institutions in the future, um, and and being like a really symbiotic relationship. But in terms of them like fully jumping into it in the way that is um, natively Web three, I think it's very challenging um, for those large in- institutions.
0: The I think sometimes the story of Kodak is overblown in the in the tech space about how they they uh, frittered away a huge advantage and they had a digital camera, but they didn't see the benefit of it because it would affect their um mm-hmm. their film business their physical business and but yeah. I, I I think the kind of I think what what people do is make a really simplistic take on what was probably a complex multi year issue, but one of the <laughs> lessons from it is that when you're making a stack of money in pot A. And mm-hmm. pot B, even though it looks like it's big and growing and fast and interesting, is still mm-hmm. only quite small compared to pot A. It's really hard mm-hmm. for an institution of any size to, to have proper focus on that, to say, okay, let's do that well. And with any yeah. business, if you're only doing it from the side of a desk, if you're messing about with it, it's never yeah. really going to succeed, is it? So that this is your sole focus is building Blue Studio and this. Whole. So that kind of small nimbleness is your, is really your superpower, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It really is. And that's the benefit of being a startup.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you can
1: yeah. move fast and, what they say, move fast and, um, you know, make things happen. So, you know, things, something that takes, you know, I've been in corporations, right? There's a reason why things move slower and are more cross-functional in corporations. It has to be um and you know there's a big advantage of you know being able to go at something full speed and um and not have to worry about so many (laughs) cross-functional teams getting involved and 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 who owns what in the organization and things like that can be really challenging
0: all of the politics definitely (laughs) so um, (laughs) i I want to look back first of all and start to look forward so looking back why did you land in this space of the family wallet where you know with, with the skills you have and the experience you have, um, you know, there's probably bigger elements of the of the the crypto and the, the Web three space at the minute. But why why did you go for this particular niche, and why did you, you know, what was the excitement and the attraction for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the excitement and attraction for me was, you know, first as a technical founder was, you know, I really loved um, the challenge, the technical challenges that are existing in the Web three space, um, and so you know, as a family, you know, as um, a team, we've all been, you know, in early crypto investors. We have participated in early NFT projects. And if you've been through the web to a uh, movement, you can tell that this is the beginning, you know, like the beginning of like kind of .dot .com, beginning of the whole like Web2 movement, Um, that feel, it feels the same, but actually even better (laughs) than those times. Um, And so I think for me, number one, it's a great uh, technical challenge. And then number two, um, you know, I am, you know, given that, you know, the way that I grew up and just the way that me and my family worked together and I got to work in my parents' business and things like that, I just have a big passion for family, right? I think family is super important. Um, I love kids. I love the idea of families working together to achieve um, their own financial goals. And, you know, it's something that I want for, you know, for my family in the future. When I have kids one day, I want, I'm building something that I actually want to use. And uh, leverage one day. So that's kind of why I'm super excited about this. Um, And I'm really bullish on, you know, the family friendly approach in the market.
0: It's brilliant. And family is, it's almost in every culture in every country and anywhere in the world, the family unit. While he's a little bit different, he's also remarkably similar, isn't it? You know, the bond between yeah. children and parents and grandparents. And yeah. yeah, it does change in different places depending on where you are, but it's remarkably similar. So mm-hmm. having not mm-hmm. thought about that before this conversation, it also gives you really scalable products in an area that might actually be quite loose in terms of competition because people are going after different areas.
1: Yeah, exactly, and you know, and when you when we did our go to market um, into the space um, with our NFT project, um, it's almost like we uncovered this like hidden layer in the market um, where you have people who are kind of pretending to be kind of lone wolves in the space. But in reality, if you like dig a little bit deeper, you can see that this is something that is actually a family activity. <laughs> so it might be the dad or the mom. But then you start going a level deeper, and that uh, you know parent they've been able to reveal you know themselves in the space, their full selves, like not just like that one you know anonymous profile pic, but they're sharing like, hey. Um, You know, today, me and my wife, we got an opportunity to watch this this class um, from Blue Studios um, on, you know, Bitcoin with my family. And they, like, actually share that experience with us. So we see um, a parent saying, like, hey, I just earned enough ETH, Uh, my child just earned enough ETH from your daily learn to earn challenges to buy their own NFT. And so we're basically allowing people to be their full selves, which includes being a mom, a father, aunt, uncle within the Web3 space and where I think previously they weren't as comfortable like revealing that those parts of themselves in the space. So it's almost like we we allowed them to like open up a little bit more, be more be more sharing, and um, allow them to connect with other people who are going through you know or who are at similar stages in their families as well.
0: Brilliant. Okay, but well, look, that, that's a real opportunity and i do love the the product and the niche and the way that you're building it so i want you now to look forward and maybe gazing to your crystal ball a little bit because there are some people Mm -hmm. around including me sometimes who've sort of declared web 3 as a passing fad you know it's (laughs) great but it's not really going anywhere and once the tech Mm -hmm. bros get bored of it everyone else will get bored of it and all that sort of stuff and Mm -hmm. i'm big enough to admit that i may be wrong I may have been wrong, right? So, where do you think yeah. that Web three is going in the next ten years?
1: Yeah, I just think it's going to be everywhere. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, and I'll go back. Actually, you know, one of the things that, that one of the reasons why I have we have created this audience, this community, and I also um, do a weekly Twitter Spaces on this whole concept of NFTs for good, Web three for good. It's to show that, um, to kind of like counteract the narrative that this is a fad and that there aren't actual people in this space building every single day to make a better internet for us all. Um, And I think for me, it's also inspirational to hear project founder stories and just different founders of different DeFi products who are, you know, quietly working every single day. They might not get the attention (laughs) that, you know, the negative. Things get, um, but they are working every single day and they're really rethinking utility, ownership, and just creating a more fair environment for everybody to exist in. And so I think the big picture is that, again, every single person is going to have a digital wallet by which they manage their digital assets. So imagine. Um, you buying, you having your house in the form of maybe an NFT, right? And you have that in your wallet. And if you want to pass that on to your kids, you can set up governance, kind of like a DAO, where you can split it between all your kids automatically. And in, you know, so that's basically how we are going to be managing our digital assets, you know, in a more efficient, cleaner, transparent way for all of our family members to engage with. So. To open the the door to your car, to own a house, you name it, Um, and for in the way that it's going to implicate Gen Alpha again, which is which who are the children of millennials, they're born after 2010. um, I believe they're uh, they're going to reach two billion globally. So this is going to be a big generation of kids. Um, And just like everyone has a phone, kids are getting phones younger and younger, right? Um, Most kids get a phone before the age of 11. Um, When I was growing up, eight-year-olds didn't have phones. Um, Almost all eight-year-olds have phones now. Um, The same with wallets, Um, just like we saw with family shared bank accounts. Kids are going to get crypto wallets younger and younger because they're going to need that as part of their digital identity in order to play play learn and grow um, on this new web three. Um, And for those kids, they won't even consider them to be crypto wallets. You know, we think of having a regular bank account and a crypto wallet, for them, it'll just be wallets. They won't understand the difference. Um, And then on top of that, kids are gonna live in a world where playing a game or watching content that doesn't have a crypto incentive um, is going to be unheard of, right? They, They are going to expect to get something for the time that they spend. Um, So it's like telling a kid that in order to record, to watch a show later, that you used to put a tape in the VCR (laughs) and have to press record exactly at the time it aired. And in order to watch it, they're going to be like, wait, what? Like you just don't go to YouTube or Netflix? Like literally kids can watch anything on demand nowadays. They're going to think that we were crazy for playing games without getting paid for it. Um, And so for, you know, and so given that, you know, that's why we want to be the center of that digital experience and that digital asset management, um, and just create an amazing experience. um, And to help um, kids and families manage that digital wallet and digital experience. And you know, I think it's um, a big opportunity. And you know, if you are hesitant about Web3, or not sure about crypto and NFTs, um, find your tribe within the space, find somebody you know, who has already you know, played around with crypto investments, who played around with NFTs, et cetera. And just learn, just ask them questions, learn, try to understand how it works. Um, I think if it's like, there's this um, process by which you're on the outside and there's like complete skepticism. <laughs> and then when you jump in, you're like, wait, this is actually great. Um, and so I would say, um, don't be afraid to find, you know, that person in your friend circle or your family who can kind of just like help you through this this new paradigm shift and help you do it in a really safe, you know, slow and steady way. Just try it out, try, try getting a wallet, try understanding how it works. Um, because again, everyone's gonna have one at the end of the day. And so I think that's why it's important to just get up to speed and try to learn as much today.
0: I, I often think one of the problems for Web3 three... And I'm, I'm not trying to be negative, I'm just thinking out loud here. Oh, yeah. It's is that for Web3 to really realize its full potential, particularly crypto, but not just cryptocurrency, is that mm-hmm. there are a number of really well cashed up industries that are going to get mm-hmm. hammered by this. So even just from when you've been talking there, so legal firms are going to, if you can verify ownership of something like property cars without having to go through a law firm they've got issues now law firms are big they don't like change and they've got a load of money insurance industry or (laughs) insurance particularly could struggle because you know it's easy to prove everyone's like car banks another sector that doesn't like change you know they're slow moving and and very cash up but even you know the Mm -hmm. the gaming sector which is bigger than the movie sector these days you know is your attention you Mm -hmm. pay them and then give their product all your attention. You're saying actually they'll be paying you for their for your attention. Social media, you are mm-hmm. the product because you are you know you're giving it your attention and they're selling yeah. ads on the back of that. And that model, as you're suggesting, is going to be flipped where they'll pay you for for your attention. So, and mm-hmm. that's just the ones I can think of in the last two minutes while you've been talking. You've got huge industries yeah. with billions and billions and billions of dollars of capital tied up who must be looking yeah. at this going we're screwed <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we know what power and in institutions are like when they don't like change yeah. you know they, they don't want this change and they start to legislate i just i'm just thinking out loud but they, these are i'm not the first person in the world to have these thoughts right so you know how are the big mm. players reacting to the to the web3 space
1: Yeah, I mean, there are big players who are embracing the space. Um, You know, most of a lot of the major banks are embracing the space and, you know, getting behind um, different companies and pieces of technology, um, including folks like JP Morgan. Um, But you know, it is going to require a little bit of a paradigm shift for some of those uh, businesses. But just like in every new phase of the internet, there are things that Change. There are industries that were able to change and adapt. There are some that are going to have a challenge, um, and you know we're, we might see uh, some big folks topple if they don't um, get on board um, with this this new shift. Because you know, at the end of the day, and the way I kind of see it is, content consumption is a form of work. It's your time. It's your energy. Um, if you're mm-hmm. taking, you could either be, um, you know doing, you can be doing other things with your time besides playing a game or, or absorbing content. Right. And so the way that, you know, millennials, not as much, but, you know, Gen Z and Gen Alpha kind of see their time is something that you, you have to pay for. And if you think about how much advertising costs, how much cat costs, how much, how expensive it is to get a new customer versus keep an old one. When you think about an incentive driven strategy, it actually probably saves you money just paying your customers directly. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, because they'll be yeah, cuz they'll stay with you. They'll be your net promoter and they'll they'll bring other people into your community with their word of mouth. They'll talk about you every single day. Um you know, when we launched our learn to earn, um you know, we have folks who are net promoters, we call them our super promoters. They talk about us every single day. They bring in their friends and family into our ecosystem. Um, and so for us, um, we've definitely seen a big difference in offering the incentives and just how much value those folks bring into our community. Um, so it, it, I think sometimes people feel like it's kind of like a pay to play type of like negative aspect of it but you're just you know you're just giving back to your community it's like a loyalty program if anything
0: brilliant so just keep in talking about your products and then so how what's your it, it's we're a marketing podcast right so who who are you targeting are you aiming at parents to bring in the the younger audience are you aiming at youngsters to bring the parents in which way do you play it
1: yeah so we basically see um ourselves as targeting the millennial parent. Um, Because, um, you know, almost in terms of generational breakdown, um, over half of millennials own crypto. And, you know, for us, um, you know, 75% of those 70 million millennials um, just in the U.S. I'm just talking about the U.S. um, will be parents. Um, So we're really designing a solution with them in mind. Um, And for them, the millennial is the center because they are the crypto native. And we're helping them bring their their kids, Gen Alpha, into this space safely and securely, um, because you know we talk to parents, we talk to our parents every single day um, who are in this space, and the main thing that they just want is oversight. That's all they want. They just want to. They are, oh, they understand. The internet very well because they grew up in the internet and the all the best and the worst parts of the internet that we've all experienced um, as a millennial. Um, so they understand the risk involved in a new phase of the internet. So they just want they want their kids to you know explore, make mistakes it's fine, but I want to know what you're doing. (laughs) That's all I need to know. Like, I need to know. I just need to approve the transaction. I need to make sure you're not buying a sketchy NFT. Um, And that's all I want. But I want you to learn, grow, have your own own identity online. But I just I just need to know what's going on. Um, And then down the road, we also see, um, you know, or not down the road, but, you know, in addition, Um, We also see an opportunity for that same millennial to bring in that baby boomer as well and help with that wealth generational wealth transfer. Um, So helping that, um, you know, grandparent, you know, start work with the the millennial parent on starting a college savings account Mm -hmm. or helping, you know, put that down payment, that first down payment on a home. Right. And so we see this ability for the entire family to kind of be central. um, But with the millennial parent being the key person in that equation.
0: Brilliant. You mentioned about generational wealth and the transfer of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll not get into this. I'm just going to whinge quickly Mm -hmm. about actually the wealth transition is going from um, every generation to baby boomers, pretty much in most countries, isn't it? They just get, they get yeah. everything. Anyway, we'll, we'll not call, we'll not talk yeah. about
1: that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know that's a whole another conversation. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a whole different podcast. Why boomers get everything? But um, yeah, no, moving <laughs> on. So, it, in in marketing terms, I I talk to my clients about um, what question. What's their big problem that they're going to try and solve this year, from a marketing mm-hmm. perspective, not a product perspective, but from a marketing perspective? So, you know, mm-hmm. is, is it customer recruitment? Is it retention? Is it people accessing the, um, the the product and the games more? What's the big challenge you've got for the next year? Are, are you? Is it just growth in numbers? Is it what? What's the big thing you focused on?
1: Yeah. So the main thing that we are focused on is just continuing to build our thriving community. Um, so we're driving our waitlist signups and we're just building our community that sees the need for wealth and digital management with the flexibility flexibility to customize their own governance. So that's what we're really, really focused on is continuing to grow this parent community and get them onboarded into the wallet.
0: Brilliant. And that's, um, parents are great target because lots of companies want parents as well so how is your business yeah. model built is it do you ever see the a time where you go well we've got so many million parents on our database and we can make money in a different way from that or are you all kind of product-based uh, business model
1: yeah I mean we are a um, primarily product-based business model but we definitely see opportunities to upsell uh parents into more like DAO structured wealth management tools. And so, um, you know, obviously the our main focus right now is to really drive that daily active user um, to make sure that they think about their wallet with us every single day. So that's why we're doing the learn to earn, play to earn, fun family content, that we're building that thriving community where people can talk to each other, give each other advice. Um, and lead each other through different um processes in this web three space, so um our drive is really to focus on that daily active usage and then eventually upsell them into more you know advanced yep. wealth management tools
0: brilliant and that clarity must be really helpful when you 're uh, you know a small mm-hmm. team of you know building the product and and pushing new releases and all that as well as how are we going to do it? So focusing on, we need to build daily active users. That that's a mm-hmm. it, it, clarity is really really important, isn't it? On the times like this.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is. Because um, at the end of the day, we want people to have an emotional connection to us. That's the way that you keep customers. And if they're engaging with us every single day, if the kids can't wait to see what's in their wallet, you know, <laughs> they can't wait. They're like, hey, mom, dad, what's in the wallet today? What did I earn? What did I learn today? Um, we th- we believe that we can have those, you know, core super promoters. And that's exactly what you need um, at this stage in our um, business.
0: Brilliant. And you're US okay. only at the minute. You're entirely based within the United States. Is that right?
1: Um, Actually, over half of our parents are overseas. Oh. So we we have folks in Europe, um, we have folks in, uh, Southeast Asia, um, all over the place. So we're, we're 24 seven. So, you know, once our U S folks go to sleep, all of our overseas folks wake up <laughs> and start chatting with us as well. <laughs> well this
0: is the time where I, uh, where I go and um, kill my researcher. So apologies for that. Um, I'm my researcher. Oh, it's so Sorry about that. <laughs> that was like yeah. Terrible I research. Mean, it,
1: it's, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, obviously, um, you know we're U.S. based, but we didn't realize how much, um, and we have folks in Australia too. We didn't we didn't quite realize um, how global we were um, until we started, you know, digging deeper, doing you know digging deeper into our community and saying like, oh wow, like um, this is definitely has global reach and global implications um, because you know this, and I'll say I think also given that all families have gone through the challenge of the pandemic. Um, which made them really rethink how, they, how they're how they managing their assets, how they're managing their wealth, and also how they're spending their time with their family um, and making sure that they're putting... More, I've, the more I talk to these parents, the more that they're honed in on putting family time first. Um, and they definitely see their experience with us as a way for kids to not only um, be empowered financially and their families to be empowered financially, but also... Um, for them to spend time together doing something that's fun, cool. Um, You know, kids like buying other kids NFTs. They like uploading their own NFTs. They like uh, trading with each other. Um, They like spending time with their parent on on a learn-to-earn project and seeing it uploaded and seeing that ETH in their wallet, you know, at the end of the day or the end of the week. Um, And so this has just been, we've basically been in the center of these family experiences and they talk about us every single day. And so I think that's, says something about the way that we design this um, very intentionally.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. as, a, as um, I, th- There's a feature in the show called Top Tips. Now, I didn't tell you about this, but I, I have a terrible theme tune for Top Tips, which I, I sing. Mm-hmm. And as you're going through that and talking about it, it's just reminded me that I have an investment in, in um, Bitcoin, which I seem to bought mm-hmm. right at the peak of, of Bitcoin, and now is worth next to nothing compared to what I bought it for. <laughs> it's a long-term investment. Maybe it'll come back at yeah. some point, but... Um, What sort of tips do you have for for people getting into investing in, in crypto, whether it's in ETH or in Bitcoin or whatever, and kind of mm-hmm. looking at volatility in the market, and, and especially in a product like you've got where where young people and children are a focus. So what, what sort yeah. of tips do you uh, – let me do the top tip theme tune as well because um, it's the only part of the show people seem to love. So it goes like this, T-O-P-T-I-P, T-O-P-T-I-P anyway sorry about that i should have warned you i was going to do that in advance
1: <laughs> oh my goodness that is super funny um you know i don't want to give financial advice um because i am not a financial uh manager you know i'm not you know <laughs> yeah. no 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 good good caveat I, I good caveat to
0: add yeah. yeah
1: so obviously um i i mentioned earlier that um the thing about crypto and just um web3 in general is um, the easiest way I always say to get involved with it is to do it with others. It is a a group, almost like a group project, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so again, get together a tribe, whether it's friends, family, you know, cousins, whatever, whoever you can trust a group of like three to five folks, and I would say you guys work together on just learning as much as possible and trying things out in a way that doesn't obviously, you know, ruin your whole savings, right? Don't invest (laughs) your whole savings into something or, um, you know, if there's like a a super pumped project on, you know, an NFT land, don't like put your whole life savings on it or anything like that. Um, It, you know, there is as much as people like to say there, there is no get rich quick scheme in Web3 or crypto, it's the same as Web2. It's the exact same. There's no get rich quick yep. scheme over in Web2. There is no get rich quick scheme in Web3. And that's how a lot of people get burned. A lot of people get burned out by the space by kind of chasing things. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just invest in things that you see have utility, that you think it's just like... Like why? Hey, I, I I hate to use McDonald's. I eat I I don't eat a McDonald's. But so say like you eat a McDonald's every day, you might as well buy McDonald's stock, right? So, <laughs> might as well if you if you're that big of a customer, like buy their stock. That's fine. Um, but you know, I say like just put your investor hat on, just like any other investment, and think about the utility, think about the plan that that token or that team has in place. And just make your make your bet on that. Make, make your bet on the utility, not necessarily like something seems to be rising, 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 and like oh, let me hurry up and get in. Um, because at the end of the day, um, you know, we we you can't for for projects like that. There's probably a level of insider trading, and you're an outside trader, right? So you want to make sure you're investing in a way that that use like hey i just believe in this product i believe in this utility i believe in this token and i'm going to go along for the ride and make sure you have the ability to go along for the ride as well
0: good no no i love that thank you very much so i want to talk about you now for a little bit i want to go because you you mentioned some of your background in at the beginning and it's fascinating and the bit that fascinates me um you've worked for some great companies um where most people would see as kind of a career dream destination is getting into svp at one of the <laughs> major financial institutions not just in the us but globally right and and mm-hmm. you were on your way to becoming an, an svp there what was it like basically working inside the you know the corporate machine it, yeah. you know it, it's big it's global people kind of know of mm-hmm. it but what's it really like in there and what Mm -hmm. Uh, How did you start going through that decision process of thinking, maybe I just want to scratch the itch of being a a, a creator Mm -hmm. and a founder and doing that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I have a a strong entrepreneurial spirit. Um, You know, I, you know, I had businesses um, as a kid. I had Kelly's Leaf Breaking Service. Um, I actually had a... um, balloon animal making service business that I did with my sister (laughs) in high school, uh, where I got corporate clients uh, for us and everything like that. So, you know, I've always really enjoyed, um, you know, building something from nothing, um, bringing people along the way, working with great people and just like solving challenges, right? That's out that are out in the market. And for me, um, I really enjoyed my time in corporate. Um, I learned so much. Um, I met so many amazing people, and for me, you know, I think uh, given what I've the I've seen how much entrepreneurship can contribute even on a larger level, um, how you can build a product that can literally change people's lives. I think that was super attractive to me because I've seen it um, in my family as well, um, and so you know, I think if you want to grow and, um, take yourself to the next level, sometimes you have to jump, jump off and and take that leap of faith. And for me, you know, I've, I think, um, you know, while I learned so much in corporate, like going out into the startup, because isn't, you learn like, especially in the web three, it's like, it's a fire hose of learnings every single day. And so if you're that type of person who likes, you know, things to like move fast, you know, learn learn something new every single day. Um, that's exactly you know why I do what I do is to you know change the world, make the world a better place, um, help families realize their full potential, and um, also just grow as a person myself. And you know, and and deal and and deal in with how to and how to problem solve and overcome challenges every single day. It's something that it can be tiring, but, you know, it's it's made me grow so much as a person and as a leader.
0: One of the last guests I had on the show, I was just checking the quote there, um, but Brittany Muller said, pressure makes diamonds. And yeah. it was one of those quotes, and I, it, it's not her quote, obviously, but, you know, but I think you're, yeah. say, you're saying something similar, that actually that pressure of the situation and to, to try and build and learn on your way is a really important mm-hmm. part of that journey, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I don't think, um, I think somebody told me that sometimes you realize, um, you're building uh, the process. When you first start out, you think you're building a company. Um, but really what you are is like building yourself. <laughs> Definitely. Somebody said that to me. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Right? You're it's building. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's really deep. <laughs> I'm going to use that.
0: <laughs> but what, what I love about that, though, is that you come, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, from a third generation of business owner and, and founder, mm-hmm. and that, that sort of uh, no, business yeah. owner and founder, are slightly different. But, you, you know, you come from sort of third generation yeah. of entrepreneurs. And
1: yeah.
0: even with that background, it took somebody else to mention that to you, that actually you're finding yourself, you know, you're building yourself, not just building a product. Um,
1: yeah
0: yeah so so you're always learning that but you've you come from a oh, great yes. background of people building things right
1: yeah exactly exactly um like the the amount of learnings is like infinite um and i think that's what makes everything so exciting
0: yeah and so you mentioned your parents business was a uh content studio did you say
1: yeah their marketing agency and production studio. So they would um, basically put together full marketing campaigns and produce all the content for brands. Um, Back in the day, um, you know, if a brand wanted to distribute a video, they would actually have to like create a bunch of VHSs and actually distribute them. (laughs) There was no YouTube. (laughs) If they had to do a presentation, they had to actually create slides for a slideshow. So this is like, maybe I'm dating myself, but I remember watching all of this be, you know, you know, produced in, in our, um, in my parents' office in their production studio. And so there's plenty of technology, plenty of equipment. Um, you know, my parents were always bringing in new pieces of technology in order to like, you know, optimize their content creation process. And so, um, you know, I just absorbed that, you know, from day one.
0: This is, um, slightly before my time, but the, the, the youth of Mm -hmm. today, the, the millennials and Gen Zs they don't know anything, right? It, this is just the, how the struggle used to be. So, you know, copy deadlines and going to print deadlines when I first started yeah. in marketing used to be days and days and days or depending on oh, sometimes yeah. weeks and months in advance. And I remember yep. talking to the art director of an agency we worked with and he was mm-hmm. recalling days where they used to have to kind of like, use scalpels to cut and stick film together to make commercials yep. because that, that the editing process was literally yeah. done with razor blades. <laughs> I'm like... it was
1: yeah yes yeah and audio too audio video all that stuff um you know my parents even had a dark room i remember uh, my dad did photography videography Mm -hmm. i remember being in the dark room with him um and i actually really enjoyed uh the dark room because it's you know, you get to see the picture actually come to life, like you're putting it in the um, solution. Yeah, and it's so a it was a cool process, but um, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> it was we- very different. You know, back in the day, um, getting content and marketing and messaging out to customers, there was so much more lead time.
0: And now, what do you do? You got one of these things, you got a cell phone or mobile phone, as we call them here in the UK, in your hand. You point, you press, shoot, and everyone's a photographer now. Everyone's on video. Everyone's doing TikTok. Exactly. And Wow, oh, this is just shortcut the process so much. It's amazing. I mean, look, it's brilliant, right? I'm, I'm not criticizing it. I'm, I'm not being misty-eyed and romantic. I love yeah. it. I think it's brilliant.
1: So. Yeah, I do. I love it too. Um, You know, I think about how much work it took my parents to put out a video for a client. Yeah. And now I, you know, now we have a content, you know, machine that can produce, you know, hundreds of pieces of content a month and i don't even have to think about it like it's it's amazing and i think you know obviously that process took many more years um but i think that we're going to see the same thing in web3 crypto nfts it's going to happen even faster because there really aren't as many barriers um to you know entry and get getting those things up and running
0: you're just going to quickly have to talk me through because i'm I'm keeping an eye on the time here but you're gonna have to quickly Mm -hmm. talk me through how do you produce so much content? What's the idea process? Because that, that's often the delivery of the content for most people isn't the biggest problem. It's actually yeah. the ideas of what you're going to deliver. So if you're delivering such a volume of content, where do where do all the ideas come from?
1: Yeah, so we actually have a writer's room. Um, so we have easily a decentralized um, writer's room um, where we have folks who are everything from moms um, themselves, former teachers, um, you know, we have folks who have worked at like Netflix, who've worked at Nat Geo, um, Disney, et cetera, who basically um, work together to submit their ideas. Um, we're able to get those things animated and recorded um, using, you know, things like motion capture technology, which it makes it super fast and cheaper to mm-hmm. produce the type of quality of content that kids expect nowadays. Um, And we're able to put it through a quality control process and everything and get that stuff uploaded and and streamed to our platform. So that's something that um, I knew we had to solve for um, and do so in a very like operationalized way with all the right checks and balances.
0: Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much for that. That's a really great insight into how it's all put together. So brilliant, thank you. Mm -hmm. So as we get yeah. towards the end of the of the end of the podcast, I always ask the guests the same two questions, right? So one of the first one is, uh, do you have any books or resources or uh, podcasts, yeah. anything you'd recommend, newsletters that people could, you know, sign up for to help them get more about this space?
1: Yeah. So first off, um, we do have a weekly Twitter Spaces called NFTs for Good. Um, we talk about NFTs, but we talk about general Web three uh, projects and uh, companies in general. Um, would love for you, to guys, to check it out. Um, you can follow me at at Mrs. M R S. Kelly K E L L E Y. O H H, um, And you can follow me, I can post updates about the uh, weekly Twitter spaces and we try to be like a really safe space where people can ask questions, um, talk to those founders um, and understand kind of their motivations, their, the way that they see the world um, growing. And um, I think it's a really great starting point for you to connect with people um, who can help you along the process. Um, another uh, blog or newsletter I subscribe to is... Um, barnum street and i love that because it just talks about decision making that's like the main like focus of the whole blog It's like how do you make better decisions um and of course there are tons of fintech publications like short squeeze um the fintech blueprint um we also have um the average joe as well so there are a couple different fintech publications that you can subscribe to to just keep you up to date on the latest and greatest Um, but definitely feel free to join our community Um, we we love new folks we we love there's no such thing as a stupid question for us Uh, so come on and join the the movement over here
0: brilliant and there'll be links to all of those in the show notes so if you think oh i like the sound of that one just have a look around where you're listening click on the link it'll take you there (laughs) great stud Kelly, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for being a brilliant guest on the show and kind of opening the door into a world which many people are still trying to work out. What does this all mean? So thank you for that.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this um, podcast. This is such a unique uh, way to kind of dig deep with folks who are, you know, digital marketers essentially and creating new creating new spaces, creating new, um, products, services, and just like paving the way for others. Um, and so thank you so much for, you know, providing this opportunity to folks like me.
0: Brilliant. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you very much, Kelly. See you later. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Thanks.